Section five of a description of New England by Captain John Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section five A Description of New England Part four My second voyage to New England Now to make my words more apparent by my deeds, I was the last year sixteen fifteen to have stayed in the country, to make a more ample trial of those conclusions with sixteen men, whose names were Thomas Dearmer, Gentleman, Edward Stallings, Gentleman, Daniel Cage, Gentleman, Francis Abbott, Gentleman, John Gosling, Gentleman, William Ingram, Sodia, Robert Meter, so dear. David Cooper, so dear. John Partridge, so dear. And two boys. Thomas Digby, sailor. Daniel Baker, sailor. Adam Smith, sailor. Thomas Watson, sailor. Walter Chiswick, sailor. John Hall, Sailor. I confess I could have wished them as many thousands had all the provisions been in like proportion, nor would I have had so few, could I have had means for more. Yet would God have pleased we had safely arrived, I had never the like authority, freedom, and provision to do so well. The main assistance, next God, I had to this small number, was my acquaintance among the salvages, especially with Dobanida, one of their greatest lords, who had lived long in England. By means of this proud salvage, I did not doubt, but quickly to have got that credit with the rest of his friends and alliance, to have had as many of them as I desired in any designs I intended. And that trade also they had, by such a kind of exchange of their country commodities, which, both with ease and security in their seasons, may be used. With him and divers others, I had concluded to inhabit and defend them against the Tarentines, with a better power than the French did them, whose tyranny did enforce them to embrace my offer with no small devotion. And though many may think me more bold than wise, in regard of their power, dexterity, treachery, and inconstancy, having so desperately assaulted and betrayed many others, I say but this, because with so many I have many times done much more in Virginia than I intended here, when I wanted that experience Virginia taught me that to me it seems no danger more than ordinary. And though I know myself the meanest of many thousands, whose apprehensive inspection can pierce beyond the bounds of my abilities into the hidden things of nature, art, and reason, yet I entreat such give me leave to excuse myself of so much imbecility as to say that, in these eight years which I have been conversant with these affairs, I have not learned there is a great difference 
betwixt the directions and judgment of experimental knowledge and the superficial conjecture of variable relation wherein rumour humour or misprision have such power that oft one that oft times one is enough to beguile twenty but twenty not sufficient to keep one from being deceived therefore i know no reason but to believe my own eyes before any man's imagination that is but rested from the conceits of my own projects and endeavours but i honour with all affection the counsel and instructions of judicial directions or any other honest advertisement so far to observe as they tie me not to the cruelty of unknown events these are the inducements that drew me to neglect all other employments and to spend my time and best abilities in these adventures wherein though i have had many discouragements by the ingratitude of some the malicious slanders of others the falseness of friends the treachery of cowards and slowness of adventurers but chiefly by one hunt who was master of the ship with whom oft arguing these projects for a plantation however he seemed well in words to like it yet he practised to have robbed me of my plots and observations and so left me alone in a desolate isle to the fury of famine and all other extremities lest i should have acquainted sir thomas smith my honourable good friend and the council of virginia to the end he and his associates might secretly engross it ere it were known to the state yet that god that hath always kept me from the worst of such practices delivered me from the worst of his dissimulations notwithstanding after my departure he abused the salvages where he came and betrayed twenty-seven of these poor innocent souls which he sold in spain for slaves to move their heat against our nation as well as to cause my proceedings to be so much the more difficult now returning in the barrack in the fifth of august i arrived at plymouth where imparting those my purposes to my honourable friend sir ferdinando gorge and some others i was so encouraged and assured to have them managing their authority in those parts during my life that i engaged myself to undertake it for them arriving at london i found also many promised me such assistance that i entertained michael cooper the master who returned with me and others of the company how he dealt with others or others with him i can know not but my public proceeding gave such encouragement that it became so well apprehended by some few of the southern company as these projects were liked and he furnished from london with four ships at sea before they at plymouth had made any provision at all but only a ship chiefly set out by sir ferdinando gorge which upon hunt's late treachery among the salvages returned as she went and did little or nothing but lost her time i must confess i was beholden to the setters forth of the four ships that went with cooper and that they offered me that employment if i would accept it 
and i find my refusal hath incurred some of their displeasures whose favour and love i exceedingly desire if i may honestly enjoy it and though they do censure me as opposite to their proceedings they shall yet still in all my words and deeds find it is their error not my fault that occasions their dislike for having engaged myself in this business to the west country i had been very dishonest to have broke my promise nor will i spend more time in discovery or fishing till i may go with a company for plantation for i know my grounds yet every one that reads this book cannot put it in practice though it may help any that have seen those parts and though they endeavour to work me even out of my own designs i will not much envy their fortunes but i would be sorry their intruding ignorance should by their defilements bring those certainties to doubtfulness so that the business prosper i have my desire be it by londoner scot welch or english that are true subjects to our king and country the good of my country is that i seek and there is more than enough for all if they could be content but to proceed the occasion of my return at last did please sir ferdinando garge and master dr sutliffe dean of exeter to conceive so well of these projects and my former employments as induced them to make a new adventure with me in those parts whither they have so often sent to their continual loss by whose example many inhabitants of the west country made promises of much more than was looked for but their private emulations quickly qualified that heat in the greater number so that the burden lay principally on them and some few gentlemen my friends in london in the end i was furnished with a ship of two hundred and another of fifty my re-embarkment encounters with pirates and imprisonment by the french but ere i had sailed a hundred and twenty leagues she broke all her masts pumping each watch five or six thousand strokes only her spread sail remained to spoon before the wind till we had re-accommodated a jury-mast and the rest to return for plymouth my vice-admiral being lost not knowing of this proceeded her voyage now with the remainder of those provisions i got out again in a small bark of sixty tons with thirty men for this of two hundred and provision for seventy which were the sixteen before named and fourteen other sailors for the ship with those i set sail again the twenty-fourth of june where what befell me because my actions and writings are so public to the world envy still seeking to scandalize my endeavours and seeing no power but death can stop the chat of ill tongues nor imagination of men's minds list my own relations of those hard events might by some constructors be made doubtful i have thought it best to insert the examinations of those proceedings taken by sir lewis stukeley a worthy knight 
and vice-admiral of devonshire which were as followeth the examination of daniel baker late steward to captain john smith in the return of plymouth taken before sir lewis stukeley knight the eighth of december sixteen fifteen captain fry his ship a hundred and forty tons thirty-six cast pieces and murderers eighty men of which forty or fifty were master gunners who seeth being chased two days by one fry an english pirate that could not board us by reason of foul weather edmund chambers the master john minter his mate thomas digby the pilot and others importuned his said captain to yield holding it impossible he should defend himself and that the said captain should send them his boat in that they had none which at last he concluded upon these conditions that fry the pirate should vow not to take anything from captain smith that might overthrow his voyage nor send more pirates into his ship than he liked off otherwise he would make sure of them he had and defend himself against the rest as he could more he confesseth that the quartermasters and chambers received gold of those pirates but how much he knoweth not nor would his captain come out of his cabin to entertain them although a great many of them had been his sailors and for his love would have wafted us to the isles of flowers the one of two hundred the other twenty at foil we were chased by two french pirates who commanded us amain chambers minter digby and others importuned again the captain to yield alleging they were turks and would make them all slaves or frenchmen and would throw them all overboard if they shot but a piece on that they were entertained to fish and not to fight until the captain vowed to fire the powder and split the ship if they would not stand to their defence whereby at last we went clear of them for all they shot the admiral a hundred and forty tons twelve pieces twelve murderers ninety men with long pistols pocket pistols musket sword and poignard the vice admiral hundred tons the rear admiral sixty the others eighty all had two hundred and fifty men most armed as is said at flowers we were chased by four french men-of-war all with their close fights afore and after after this examinance captain having provided for our defence chambers minter digby and some others again importuned him to yield to the favour of those against whom there was nothing but ruin by fighting but if he would go aboard them in that he would speak french by courtesy he might go clear seeing they offered him such fair quarter and vowed they were protestants and all of rochelle and had the king's commission only to take spaniards portugales and pirates which at last he did but they kept this examinate's captain and some other of his company with him the next day the french men-of-war went aboard us and took what they listed and divided the company into their several ships 
and manned this examinate ship with the Frenchmen, and chased with her all the ships they saw, until, about five or six days after, upon better consideration, they surrendered the ship and victuals with the most part of our provision, but not our weapons. The gentlemen and soldiers were ever willing to fight. More, he confesseth that his captain exhorted them to perform their voyage, or go for Newfoundland to return frotted with fish, where he would find means to proceed in his plantation. But chambers and winter grew upon terms they would not, until those that were soldiers concluded with their captain's resolution they would, seeing they had clothes, victuals, salt, nets, and lines sufficient, and expected their arms, and such other things as they wanted, the French promised to restore, which the captain the next day went to seek, and sent them about loading of commodities, as powder, match, hooks, instruments, his sword and dagger, bedding, aquavite, his commission, apparel, and many other things, the particulars he remembereth not. But as for the cloth, canoes, and the captain's clothes, chambers, and his associates divided it amongst themselves, and to whom they best liked, his captain not having anything to his knowledge but his waistcoat and breeches, and in this manner going from ship to ship to regain our arms and the rest. They, seeing a sail, gave chase until night. The next day, being very foul weather, this examinate came so near with the ship unto the French men-of-war that they split the main sail on the other's spread sail-yard. Chambers willed the captain come aboard, or he would leave him, whereupon the captain commanded Chambers to send his boat for him. Chambers replied she was split, which was false, telling him he might come if he would in the admiral's boat. The captain's answer was he could not command her, nor come when he would, so this examinant fell upon Stern, and that night left his said captain alone amongst the Frenchmen in this manner by the command of Chambers, Minter, and others. Daniel Cage, Edward Stallings, Gentlemen, Walter Chiswick, David Cooper, Robert Miller, and John Partridge, being examined, do acknowledge and confess that Daniel Baker, his examination above written, is true. A double treachery. Now the cause why the French detained me again was the suspicion this Chambers and Minter gave them that I would revenge myself upon the bunk or a Newfoundland of all the French I could there encounter, and how I would have fired the ship had they not overpersuaded me and many other such-like tricks to catch but opportunity in this manner of leave me. And thus they returned to Plymouth, and perforce with the French I thus proceeded. A fleet of nine French men-of-war, and fights with the Spaniards. Being a fleet of eight or nine sail, we watch for the West Indies fleet, till ill-weather separated us from the other eight, Still we spent our time about the isles near Fyle, where, to keep my perplexed thoughts from too much meditation of my miserable estate, I writ this discourse, 
thinking to have it sent you of his majesty's counsel by some ship or other for i saw their purpose was to take all they could at last we were chased by one captain barra an english pirate in a small ship with some twelve pieces of ordnance about thirty men and near all starved they sought by courtesy relief of us who gave them such fair promises as at last we betrayed captain wollaston his lieutenant and four or five of their men aboard us and then provided to take the rest per force now my part was to be prisoner in the gun-room and not to speak to any of them upon my life yet had barra knowledge what i was then barra perceiving well these french intents made ready to fight and wollaston as resolutely regarded not their threats which gave us to moore upon the matter longer some sixteen hours and then returned their prisoners and some victuals also upon a small composition the next we took was a small english man of pool from newfoundland the great cabin at this present was my prison from whence i could see them pillage those poor men of all that they had and half their fish when he was gone they sold his poor clothes at the mainmast by an outcry which scarce gave each man seven pence apiece not long after we took a scot fraught from st michael's to bristol he had better fortune than the other for having but taken a boat loading of sugar marmalade suckets and such like we descried four sail after whom we stood who foiling their mainsails attended us to fight but our french spirits were content only to perceive they were english red crosses within a very small time after we chased four spanish ships came from the indies we fought with them four or five hours tore their sails and sides yet not daring to board them lost them a prize worth sixteen thousand crowns a poor carul of brasile was the next we chased and after a small fight thirteen or fourteen of our men being wounded which was the better half we took her with three hundred and seventy chests of sugar a prize worth two hundred thousand crowns the next was a west indies man of a hundred and sixty tons with twelve hundred hides fifty chests of cuchinel fourteen coffers of wedges of silver eight thousand riles of eight and six coffers of the king of spain's treasure besides the pillage and rich coffers of many rich passengers two months they kept me in this manner to manage their fights against the spaniards and be a prisoner when they took any english now though the captain had oft broke his promise which was to put me ashore on the isles or the next ship be took yet at last he was entreated i should go for france in the caruel of sugar himself resolved still to keep the seas within two days after we were hailed by two west indiemen but when they saw us wave them for the king of france they gave us their broadsides shot through our mainmast and so left us having lived thus near three months amongst those french men of war with much ado we arrived at the gouleon not far from rochelle where instead of the great promises they always fed me with of double satisfaction and full content 
they kept me five or six days prisoner in the carol accusing me to be him that burnt their colony in new france to force me give them a discharge before the judge of the admiralty and so stunned their courtesy for satisfaction or lie in prison or a worse mischief my escape from the frenchman to prevent this choice in the end of such a storm that beat them all under hatches i watched my opportunity to get ashore in their boat whereinto in the dark night i secretly got and with a half-pike that lay by me put adrift for the rat isle but the current was so strong and the sea so great i went adrift to sea till it pleased god the wind so turned with the tide that although i was all this fearful night of gusts and rain in the sea the space of twelve hours when many ships were driven ashore and diverse split and being with schooling and bailing the water tired i expected each minute would sink me at last i arrived in an oozy isle by Sharone, where certain fowlers found me near drowned and half dead with water cold and hunger by those i found means to get to rochelle where i understood the man of war which we left at sea and the rich prize was split the captain drowned and half his company the same night within seven leagues of that place from whence i escaped alone in the little boat by the mercy of god far beyond all men's reason or my expectation arriving at rochelle upon my complaint to the judge of the admiralty i found many good words and fair promises and ere long many of them that escaped drowning told me the news they heard of my own death these i arresting their several examinations did so confirm my complaint it was held proof sufficient sir thomas edmonds all which being performed according to the order of justice from under the judge's hand i presented it to the english ambassador then at bordeaux where it was my chance to see the arrival of the king's great marriage brought from spain of the ruck of the rich prize some thirty-six thousand crowns worth of goods came ashore and was saved with the carol which i did my best to arrest the judge did promise me i should have justice what will be the conclusion as yet i know not they betrayed me having the broad seal of england and near twenty sail of english more besides them concealed in like manner were betrayed that year but under the colour to take pirates and west indiemen because the spaniards will not suffer the french trade in the west indies any goods from thence though they take them upon the coast of spain a lawful prize or from any of his territories out of the limits of europe my return for england sixteen fifteen leaving this my business in france i returned to plymouth to find them that had thus buried me amongst the french and not only buried me but with so much infamy as such treacherous cowards could suggest to excuse their villainies but my clothes books instruments arms and what i had they shared amongst them and what they liked feigning the french had all was wanting and had thrown them into the sea 
taken their ship and all had they not run away and left me as they did the chieftains of this mutiny that i could find i laid by the heels the rest like themselves confessed the truth as you have heard now how i have or could prevent these accidents i rest at your censures but to the matter newfoundland at the first i have heard was held as desperate of fishing as this i project in new england placentia on the bank were also as doubtful to the french but for all the disasters happened me the business is the same it was and the five ships whereof one was reported more than three hundred tons went forward and found fish so much that neither Iceland man nor newfoundland man i could hear of hath been there will go any more to either place if they may go thither the success of my vice-admiral and the four ships of london from new england so that upon the return of my vice-admiral that proceeded on her voyage when i spent my masts from plymouth this year are gone four or five sail and from london as many only to make voyages of profit where the englishmen have yet been all their returns together except sir francis popamus would scarce make one a savour of near a dozen i could nominate though there be fish sufficient as i persuade myself to fraught yearly four or five hundred sail or as many as will go for this fishing stretcheth along the coast from cape cod to newfoundland which is seven or eight hundred miles at the least and hath his course in the deeps and by the shore all the year long keeping their hunts and feedings as the beasts of the field and the birds of the air but all men are not such as they should be that have undertaken those voyages and a man that hath but heard of an instrument can hardly use it so well as he that by use hath contrived to make it all the romanus were not scipios nor all the genoeses columbuses nor all spaniards corteses had they dived no deeper in the secrets of their discoveries than we or stopped at such doubts and poor accidental chances they had never been remembered as they are yet had they no such certainties to begin as we but to conclude adam and eve did first begin this innocent work to plant the earth to remain to posterity but not without labour trouble and industry noah and his family began again the second plantation and their seed as it still increased hath still planted new countries and one country another and so the world to that estate it is but not without much hazard travel discontents and many disasters had those worthy fathers and their memorable offspring not been more diligent for us now in these ages than we are to plant that yet unplanted for the afterlivers had the seed of abraham our saviour christ and his apostles had exposed themselves to no more dangers to teach the gospel and the will of god than we even we ourselves had at this present been as salvage and as miserable as a most barbarous salvage yet uncivilized the hebrews and lacedaemonians the goths 
the Grecians, the Romanus, and the rest, what was it they would not undertake to enlarge their territories, enrich their subjects, resist their enemies? Those that were the founders of those great monarchies and their virtues were no silvered, idle, golden Pharisees, but industrious, iron-steeled publicans. They regarded more provisions and necessaries for their people than jewels, riches, ease, or delight for themselves. Riches were their servants, not their maesters. They ruled as fathers, not as tyrants, their people as children, not as slaves. There was no disaster could discourage them, and let none think they encountered not with all manner of encumbrances, and what have ever been the works of the greatest princes of the earth, but planting of countries, and civilizing barbarous and inhumane nations, to civility and humanity, whose eternal axioms fill our histories. Lastly, the Portugalis and Spaniards, whose ever-living actions before our eyes will testify with them our idleness and ingratitude to all posterities, and the neglect of our duties in our piety and religion we owe our God, our King, and country, and of want charity to those poor salvages whose country we challenge, use, and possess, except we be but made to use and mar what our forefathers made, or but only tell what they did, or esteem ourselves too good to take the like pains. Was it virtue in them to provide that doth maintain us, and baseness for us to do the like for others? Surely, no. Then, seeing we are not born for ourselves, but each to help other, and our abilities are much alike at the hour of our birth, and the minute of our death, seeing our good deeds, or our bad, by faith in Christ's merits, is all we have to carry our souls to heaven or hell. Seeing honour is our lives' ambition, and our ambition after death, to have an honourable memory of our life, and seeing by no means we could be abated of the dignities and glories of our predecessors, let us imitate their virtues to be worthily their successors. Finis At London, printed the 18th of June, in the year of our Lord, 1616. End of section 5. A description of New England. Part 4. Recording by Algie Pug.